Mr. Pop. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Unaccustomed as we are to technical issues on this uh, fabulous podcast, Rock and Roll, we, uh, we we might have a couple tonight. We might have a few uh, technical issues, but we're going to soldier on because that's the kind of steely-eyed, bleary-eyed professionals that we are. A welcome to Mark Fine. I mean, we are dead set technically hopeless. I mean, Brian bought a toy poodle and killed it from a change of batteries last week. <laughs> welcome, Brian Mannix. Hello, uh, Kevin. Hello, Mark. And uh, hello, educated listeners. And hello from me. Um, You're on the wrong podcast, I think. He's gone for the – he thought he was on the Mensa one. He's on the denser one. Um, No, that's what – now, I have to tell you, I didn't get this guy's name. It was a bit busy. guy came into the deli today, bought a couple of things and said, I can't wait for rock and roll this week's episode. Are we going to the tournament? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Have you been? Yes, I've got a problem. Uh-oh. I've got a major problem. What's up? Well, I'm telling you this, I don't know what to do. He's asked me, he said, he said, what you don't realise is I came here as a political refugee. You cannot talk about me on the podcast. They might be listening. They are very powerful. Please do not mention any more. My wife is very concerned. <laughs> so it's like a catch 22. He's going to. Be hilarious now that you think the world's spying on him, but he has asked me not to mention him anymore. Oh, well, that's so I've just wanted to do the right thing. Yeah, so where does that leave us? All right, but I met a bloke who owns a, a, a shop somewhere else, a different bloke, we, we, <laughs> and this is what happened. <laughs> right. Nah, look, I don't want to get him in trouble, but he was. He, he, he really was quite serious. He goes, Look, I know that. First of all, people do listen because I've had some people come in here and disrupt me. <laughs> I, said, I said, mate, you're supposed to thank me for sending customers. No, not customers, disruption. <laughs> just, just what? <laughs> disruption. Oh, disruption. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> so if anybody goes there, please buy something. Um, and, and then he goes, you don't realise, they are very wide-ranging Powers for China. I said, I oh, know, mate, they're building a thing in Solomon Island. He goes, Exactly. I said, I'm starting to think it's, I said, I'm starting to think they're building it there to get you. Look, you make a joke of everything, but in China, there is no joke. <laughs> I said, Well, don't worry, mate, you're living in, you're living in Balaclava. You don't live in China. He goes, You'll be surprised. Vile threat now, I think. (laughs) Oh, goodness me. But so I don't want to get him in trouble. I imagine if I went there. Oh, yes, he's been deported. No, he's, 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 no, he won't come, he won't see, he won't see daylight again for another 45 years, if ever. You know what worries me, Finey? He doesn't worry, he doesn't worry me, and I'm not frightened for him. I'm worried for you and what the wife might do to you. I think she despises me. Yes. And she loses all English around me. And she wears, let me tell you, she wears the very cheap, cheap $4 pants in that house. <laughs> <laughs> they're polyester and they're in aisles too. You 
have to ask, did you have to ask your mother to buy the pants? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. I, I, I've assured him, but he does not take my assurances very seriously because, as he said, I make a joke out of everything. Yeah. You've so got, in future, our, our anecdotes will be from the Chinese man in the $2 shop in Mooney Ponds, perhaps. Yeah, well, he likes me. Yeah. He's, whenever I walk there, he's like looking around the corner, he sees me, and he, he sort of gallops. He, he walks quickly up to me, not laughing with his hand out, but always just something to say. I think he really looks forward to it. <laughs> That's good. You and he will be the uh, head of the uh, Balaclava Business uh, Bureau shortly. Let me tell you, and his problem is that he's in a street that he's dropping dead in front of him. That's why I'm worried for him because, I, I mean, I, I love him to do well. It used to be a bustling street, but shop after shop's closing there. Unfortunately, the um, see what they've done is it's it's a problem. You know, St Kilda had a lot of accommodation houses for people that that you know have fallen through the cracks. There's the Oslo, there's the Gatwick, etc. But they've all been. So they got snapped up by the block, you know. Oh, we have no, we have no, absolutely no um, decency when it comes to mental health care for individuals in, in Australia. And in Victoria, they're just turfed out on the street. You know, it's like if you can't keep up, if you can't keep pace with the rest of society, then fuck you. And unfortunately, it happens around St Kilda and on the edges of St Kilda, and it makes for, it makes for, you know, not great place to have commerce. Now, what they need to do is, is treat these people with dignity and they'll actually become customers rather than, you know, people hanging out the front, scaring people off, uh, panhandling for money and cigarettes and that. But that's, you, you get what you put in and with mental health and with addiction and with people coming out of prison in this city and country, they are... Yeah, people just think, if I look away, they don't exist. Well, guess what? They do exist. Yeah. Has that got worse, finally, of recent times in St Kilda? It's, oh, all, it's always been an issue. Terrible. Fitzroy terrible. You know, that before COVID, it was sort of hanging in there. Fitzroy Street can go either way. It could be part of it. You know, there's some very extensive residences there and beautiful restaurants, but it has crumbled under the weight of COVID and also the closing of so in between, in, in at its best, with Steve Weisart was there, a multi-million dollar place. Um, great restaurants and housing for millionaires and also accommodation for, like, the Gatwick. It's yeah. a survive side by side. They close the Gatwick. Do they really think people are just going, oh, we'll leave some children now. We'll go live in the suburbs. Okay. No, these are people who really struggle with life and need each other and whatever. And all they did was turn them out literally onto the footpath. Well, that doesn't make for a very um, uh, attractive tourist spot. And then when no tourists came well, for the last two years, what do you reckon happened to Fitzroy Street? It was no go zone. I haven't been there recently. Maybe it's better. Uh, but really, serious issues that are not being addressed by governments that are so, you know, and, and I say this about both parties. I don't hate Andrews. I don't. I don't even know who the opposition is. I don't like them or hate them at state level, but they would rather be in a super in a box watching the footy, whether they're Labor or Liberal, stacking up to big business, got their tongue up some billionaire's backside, rather than addressing 
the needs of tens of thousands of bereft Victorians who deserve better. All they, all they do to them is give them welfare benefits and then let them go and play pokies every second Thursday. Well, there's I, not to um, dismiss what you're saying because it, it is a problem and it's terrible, but... Um, a lot of those people, they do get offered, like there's a girl, somebody's telling me about a girl that's homeless living in the city and my nephew's a cop and um, deals with them a lot. And she's got a, um, you know, a government-sponsored house in Thomastown, but she doesn't want to be in Thomastown because you can't get the drugs in Thomastown that you can score when you're on the street. Yeah, yeah. Fitzroy or Elizabeth Street or wherever. Of course, and a lot she's, of the time she's, she's, she's it's a drug issue as much as anything else. Yeah, of course. I'm saying she's an addict. Yeah, and the well, thing is, well, the thing is, Brian, if she's an addict, and let's say she's on heroin, which is a more common drug for, and, and ice as well, but for people on the street, you know, heroin, heroin is at its very core a pain relief, a form of pain relief. Not yeah. just physical, but emotional. There'll be deep-seated issues there for somebody that has turned to drugs and is now dependent on drugs. So it's well and good to say they've got accommodation in Thomastown, they should go and live there, but they they will be drawn to where drugs are most available because they have, and whether people like that it, it's called an illness or not, they have a condition that is strongly, strongly accented and oriented from their mental state. They, you know, they, they may have stuff in Depression, schizophrenia, but if you come from a very underprivileged background with no yeah. single parents or, or prostitute for a mother or drug addict parents, you will not get the attention that that needs. You can go and medicate yourself. You can drink yourself into an early grade or you can take drugs and overdose yourself into an early grade and nobody really cares in this state. And they say, oh, we gave them a house in Thomastown. Why aren't they there? Because that's not where they're getting their, their, their mental their mental relief from. They should be getting it yeah, from the government. Can't you, that, can't you buy the drugs down at St Kilda or, you know, at Flinders Street and then catch the train home to Thomastown and be off the street? Um, you can. You, you can. Know, the train but, line gonna, on drugs could be great fun. Yeah, but, Brian, you, you're going to take drugs and then your only friends are going to be people who are in the same situation as you, who, who understand your position. Your, we would walk past these people and sidestep them and, and be worried about, you know, well, don't want to get too close so they could lash out or whatever. Or, you know, that, that person's fucking off his nut. But these people don't want to necessarily be lonely and on their own. Just, you know, so they have the company, similar people, and before you know it, we have streets filled with these sort of people. The truth is, though, that we have no mental... Where's, where's, where's the mental health care in this state? Unless you have a fucking... A really bad turn, and you get section eight or whatever it is. Or I don't know what the section is, and put into the Alfred's medical mental ward. Then you get turfed out in here. Where do you get turfed out? On the street, and there'd be so many less beds than there used to be. So where do you live? If you can get accommodation, you know, it's hard to rent anyhow. Whether you, if you don't have a problem well, in Melbourne, this is one of the things that always used to puzzle me. Like if there, you know, there's me and six of us. And we're all homeless on the street saying, okay, I like you and I like you and I like you. So us four will go on the dole, we'll get rent assistance from the government, 
which will be 130 bucks a week each. So we're going to be able to get something pretty good for 480 bucks a week. And then with our yeah. money together, we could do something. But the problem I understand is because they don't have a legitimate address, they can't get on the dole. So I'm not sure that they're all on the dole because if you don't have an address, you can't yeah, get that, on the dole, as, as I understand. Brian, you'd be doing pretty well to find five other blokes, none of whom has a serious drug addiction. And believe, you know, you know only too well, you've been out and about. If somebody's got a heroin addiction or an ice addiction, more, more, more so heroin, you're not going to be living with them very long before they've taken everything you've got and sold it and fucked your fucking house and life up. Yeah. Now that, well, they're not, they're not bad but, people, but they're not bad people. They have got a no, crying baby yelling. But they've got a crying baby that is an ape that they have to address with their heroin addiction and nothing will stop them addressing it. So well, I know it's very good to be getting a house that. together. But I, I still believe that you could find three or four homeless people and say, you guys live together, you got 480 bucks a week to rent something that the government's going to give you and then you've got your money and if you pull that together and cook and do shit, you can actually really get a life going here. Um, I'm sure, you don't want a heroin addict, you know, living with you. But be doing well, I, I'm, sure you can find, I'm sure not 100% of homeless people, are, you know, are not worth living with. Um, well, I'd like to think that. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, people would say to me, you know, when we did the right time and stuff, well, what's your solution to the problem? The first solution is actually to care. They're not walk past people and pretend they're invisible and step over them around them. Because literally in the city, that's what you have to do. You know, I, I recently stayed for a week in the city um, because we had COVID in the house and I couldn't afford to get it with the um, deli. So this is about six weeks ago. So I would get home from work very late because the cleaning and whatever. It could be 1am, 2am. Boy, you should see what the city's like, mate. Go to Hungry Jack's at 2am in the morning up near the Queen Victoria building and... You, know, you, you just don't want to make eye contact with anybody. You, you, but the fact is that these people are in there. There's not a few people in the city. There are hundreds, thousands of people. We cannot ignore this. We're supposed no. to be a, a, a. We're supposed to be an affluent. You know, have a look at the ads for Melbourne. The, the latest tourism ads. Is there anything on this weekend? You know, Melbourne's the greatest place on earth. No, it ain't. I'm sorry. We're only as strong. I also thought this about New York, and it improved as I went there over time. You're only the city is only as good. Your city is only as strong and as prosperous and as good and as worthwhile as your most under you know your your citizens with the least the quality of their life. Go to Stockholm, go to Oslo, and you'll see people with addictions and with illnesses treated with dignity and leading lives within the margins of their addiction that still are respected. They do things and they're respected for what they can achieve. Yeah. And we, we don't. We I'd, don't do I'd, that. I'd be tempted to um, put some of them into national service and you have a system where you're okay, you're a drug addict, you're fucked. So we're going to stick you into our drug rehabilitation program and then you're going to do six months of military training where you learn discipline and then you learn a purpose and then that might help. 
Well, I think it's called the manic program because if you give enough of them a gun, one of them will kill you. Look, but... <laughs> no, they've got to go to the rehab part first, and then yeah. you know, we'll just the, get but, them marching and you know doing. But that's what people want. Making sure they make want their bed, cleaning their boots, do all that. I'm not gonna, but that doesn't work. I'm telling you, Brian. What you want to do is you want to get them off drugs and on the straight and narrow, and it's not going to yeah. happen. In 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 Norway, in Scandinavia. There is an acceptance that people have this sickness and addiction and they're on drugs, but they can still, not for 40 hours a week, not for 20 hours a week, maybe for 10 hours, but they can still do something productive for society with their addiction and that can be the, that can be the stepping off point for them regaining their life. So well, for 10 hours a week, even though they're still doing heroin, but for 10 hours a week, they yeah. are required, they are required, say, to... Um, clean the facility at an aged care centre, you know, but, or help with the meals there. But, and, look, and suddenly agree, they've got something to be proud of with I their agree, addiction, not without their addiction, because without I, their addiction it ain't going to happen. I agree, but I think to say that they can't get off heroin is is not right. Um, I know people that have got off heroin um, and they're living a far more productive life now. Um and so, you know, and okay, some people might not be able to get off heroin. I'm saying like that's great for people like can, but the ones that can't, for the ones that can't, what do we do? Build a, build a giant graze and shoot them and put them in it. Yeah. I mean, for the no, ones that do. you've got to sort out the shit from the shaft and then, you know, it's you can't have an overall generalisation plan. You've got to go, okay, well, this prick's here. They can be, we can fix them and they can go and do six months in the army and then they're going to be good people. They're going to be ready to go. This guy is useless. So we're going to have to put him into some kind of care and we're going to have to look after him that way. But you can't just say generally, you know, if you're heroin addict, well, you know, we're just going to, Accept that. You know, I'm not going to accept that people have to be a heroin addict. No, no, no. And and heroin addicts, in the vast majority, so would would want a way out. But you yeah. can't climb. You can't climb out of a deep hole without a helping hand. I don't feel. Yeah. You know, somebody's got to reach in and grab you and help you out. That help will come when people accept that. Uh, you, know, you can't say I'll help you when you stop doing drugs. That's not going to happen. Help them when they're doing it and then be rewarded when they give up. But also remember that God helps those who help themselves. And, you know, some people, you can give them all the help in the world and they just don't take it. And, you know. The problem with that is if God exists. Hey. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Don't open it. <laughs> that was no, no, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> He speaks to me every day, <laughs> asking for advice. Hello, Brian. God speaking. Yes, God, what do you want now? What do you need to deal with? How we're, can I help you today? We're moving on to another subject, Brian. Bring, well, that sounds... If it's bloody football, it's going to be bring fi- here. Bring Finey with you. I want right. to talk to him. All right, All right, Lord, I'll do it. No, good discussion, no, boys, and I think I think that's a really, you know, that's a, a really a couple of adults there having a conversation, not necessarily agreeing with every point that uh, that that you both made with each other, but uh, having a conversation about that subject is something that needs to happen. That's that's how you gonna that's how things get fixed. Um, and, and 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 Brian, I'm happy to discuss it with you because you you have a position and you stand by it, and that's pretty good for a man that. His greatest piece of 
a contribution to our society previously, besides your music, is that you now know how to draw a cock and ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I taught you that. Yes. Look, you know, you don't have to agree on every point. No, um, you don't. But it's, it's but it's a good it's a good discussion. No, and I um, and I enjoyed and listening to the I, I enjoyed listening to the two of you make your points, and I think you both made very very good points. And in between. The wash of that, there's there's some things that could be done by some people who you mentioned in that conversation that need to do some of those things, and they're not doing it. They're sitting on their fat asses doing nothing except trying to get re-elected. Whichever, whichever layer of government you talk about, they spend their entire frigging existence worrying about being re-elected, not actually worrying yeah. about doing anything. Yeah, yeah. That is so true about Australian politics. Desperate. Julia Gillard could have been the great prime minister, but under siege, just as desperate that yep. every every extra day at the lodge was was all she wanted, and yep. all of them do the same. Yep. I would ask if I was on after after question a, a, a debate between um, whoever, whether it's Morrison and Albanese or Frydenberg and whatever. You know, the first question I'd ask. Yeah, go on. How much do you want? be re-elected as Prime Minister. And they'll say, oh, I'm de- you know, well, I'm determined to... And I'd say, well, that's, you know, it, it's not oh, about no. you being... Stuff. It's not about you being Prime Minister. It's not... That <laughs> That drive has taken us away from any any leadership that, that worries about the future of Australia. Yep. And they surround themselves with people whose job is to make sure they get re-elected. Then the job is to make sure that you know that the 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 economy's fixed or that uh, you know homelessness is fixed or whatever's fixed. Their job is get me re-elected, and that's that's the political party machinations drive me absolutely bonkers. I, uh, the question I would ask is, why do you want to be re-elected? Um, why? So I can break the record of being Prime Minister all of this time. <laughs> well, yeah. tell me why. You that's know, a, that's a bloody good well, question. I don't think the job's finished or um, I think I'm the best. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I don't They'll do think. anything to be re-elected. Well, I, I might ask, who's got the bigger dick, you or Anthony? <laughs> Maybe that would be a, a good, you know, icebreaker. You know you know what? You can join. I've, I've, I want to create a group called the 500, right? Because they do anything in this country to be re-elected. I want 500 of us to move to a really marginal seat. So 500 could decide, would decide the seat. And all of us constantly say, whoever gets me a route gets my vote. (laughs) That's being re-erected, not re-elected. They will, they will, we will be accommodated, both sides of politics. I'll tell you what, if Gladys Bajiklian <laughs> was running for election oh, again, oh, I'd be, she'd get my Mannix, vote. Mannix. She'd have to put out for it, though. You and I had a conversation about this, uh, the, the, that sort of thing during the week, and it, it's oh, not, it's not yes. going to go well, so no, let it go. Okay. I right. know where that's going. My apologies. Right. All right. All right. Now, you mentioned football, finally, foolishly. Um, yeah, what a shit game. Well, yes, um, and there were a lot of shit games on the weekend. Let's be honest about that. There was some – can we just say one thing firstly, and, and I'm not saying this because Finey's part of uh, the ensemble here, but they've got to stop playing games in uh, in tropical conditions 
um, when the ball becomes a slippery piece of soap that it makes the spectacle a complete and utter bloody schmozzle and the result of the game, unfortunately not irrelevant, but just uh, irrelevant in terms of it being a spectacle that anyone would want to watch. Oh, look, I mean, why don't me, you, and uh, here's what we're going to do, Brian. Mm-hmm. The three of us, the three of us tonight, after the podcast, we're going to get together. We're going to find a sauna somewhere. We're going to go in there. We're going to rip our gear off, turn the heat up to maximum, get a get a bar of velvet soap, and spend the next two and a half hours chasing that bar of velvet soap around the floor of the sauna. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll crash in with other and whatever. There'll be nothing sexual, believe me. It's not sex. It'll just be hot and sweaty. There'll be, you know, there'll, no one will pick up the fucking bar of soap. And in the end, do you know who the winner's going to be? There'll, there'll be a winner. Do you know who the winner's going to be? The sauna owner. It, no, I know who the winner's going to be out of the three of us. You know, who's gonna, the winner's going to be... Whoever plays St Kilda, and they'll win by a point. <laughs> and St Kilda's not even fucking, fucking involved. It is. Uh, we we can go. We can fuck any. Look, we played the first ever. You know, we played the extra Anzac Day game in New Zealand. Oh, you did too. Yeah, they, when right. Carlton couldn't win, when Carlton could not win a game of two up with two two headed two two headed coins that called tails against us, they go to New Zealand, they win. Right, we tried Tassie, couldn't get out of there quick enough. Lost every fucking game. Hawthorne went there and made a poultice. We had went to Seaford as our base camp. Yeah, the only other club in Seaford that flourished were the Hell's Angels. They're the only <laughs> two clubs. We left Seaford. Whenever, stop. We are not nomadic. Just play. You know what? We should have a policy, think it a very simple policy, right? You know what that policy is? No, go on. Malaysia flight, Malaysia flight 350 or whatever it was. No, we do not travel after that. We don't trust the airlines. We will only play at home. Yep. We don't take buses. We don't take cars. We walk to the footy. Do not, if you said you lost anywhere other than Marvel or within 30 metres of Marvel, Fucking, we're not turning up. You're going to have a point. Sort Fair that enough. out, Gil. Fair enough. Yes. Anyway, yeah. that's all I want to say about footy. You all can right. talk to me. I'm all fucking right. angry. <laughs> Uh, all right, now we should be angry because he only got five in the tips this week. Uh, Brian, you got six. I got seven. I thought I no, got sorry. better than that. I must forget what tips I've Okay, given. so you went You went Richmond. We all went Richmond. Yeah. Uh, you went Frio, and finally and I went Geelong. Got so you got yeah, you got I one got there. Your one up there, right? Um, you and I went Brian. You and I went Giants. Uh, finally went for the Crows. Yeah, you went the no. Hawks. You, you went card. you went the Hawks. Oh, geez, Brian, it wasn't a it wasn't a bad guess. They they came close, didn't they? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I didn't see the game. But they no, they did go points. close. They did. Uh, you oh, they're went, good. I reckon the Hawks. You went anyway, Port sorry. Adelaide, Mannix. Yes, I did. Yes, and finally and I went St Kilda. We all went Carlton. Um, uh, finally and I went for Collingwood. You picked the Suns. Yeah, that all, was... All went the Bulldogs, and then uh, I went the Lions, and you two went the Swans. Yeah, the Lumpies were... They had a bad weekend. <laughs> they, let, they, let, they let the Lions win, and... They only gave Bulldogs, I think, four or five 50 I don't start that rubbish. No, no, look, I'm not going to... 
pretend that the umpires were the, we, were the, the no, umpires no, were not the we reason are, you lost that game. We are shitful, and I, I've said this before: that when your team's winning, it's a great game. Yep. But this this zone defence thing, I just can't get past it now. <laughs> and I've spoken to Sheedy on the weekend. Um, Phil said, "All right, we rang up Mark Harvey, and he's with Sheeds." Oh, that was Harvey you spoke to. Okay. No, no, no. There was the, well, I've spoken to another Essendon great. wasn't halves last week. Okay. That reckons it's all bullshit and he won't watch it. Right. Um, but we got Sheedy on, so Phil asked Sheeds what he thinks. And the trouble with Sheeds is if he's got an agenda, you know, when we interviewed him, yeah. all he really wanted to talk about was his book, his new book that's coming out. So yeah. he, he's a promoter. So... He's on the bus tour at the moment, isn't he, for the Essendon Football Club? That's right. <laughs> and uh, he's on his way to Liam Gasser or somewhere. Yeah. And we asked him about how the zone rule worked. Right. Well. How'd that go? Me and Phil were more confused about it afterwards because he <laughs> basically said something like, well, you know, you got that, and, that, and then Mike Long hand passes it to Wanganeen, who hand passes it to Tip and Woody, and then away you go. And I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but I think his big issue at the moment is that there's not enough um, Aboriginal players at the Bombers. We've only got one and he's overweight. So, yeah, but I still don't. I just watched this unattended, unattended between the 50-metre arcs and I just, and, you know, somebody told me that I, but watch the other players. So basically you do zone defence so that you can flood the back line, is that is or the flood the forward line? Is that what it's about? Because it just, it just, I just think the game, you know, the, the Bulldogs game. And okay, my team lost, but I think it's a really shit game the way they're playing it now. It's absolutely shit. You mean the, you mean the whole game, uh, not just the way your team played it. You mean the actual spectacle well, of the game? Yeah, occasionally you get a good game, but you know, um, the zone defence. It's just. I'm going to stand. Oh, mate, mate, mate don't, complain, don't complain about it. First ever coach to play the flood was um, Sheedy. I, I heard that the, um, the zone defence in the flood came from um, 2000 when the Bulldogs did that to no, us. No, it was Kevin Sheedy. Kevin well, Sheedy started. He played David Flood. <laughs> now, I'll tell you who actually started it. I reckon actually it was, uh, it was Rodney Ede who started it in Sydney. Yeah. Um, I reckon it was, I reckon it was Nisham at, at Fremantle. Uh, they did it. Water polo. They did it one. They did it one day to us in their early years of Waverley. It was the most frustrating thing. We couldn't get a hand on the ball. Got beaten by Lowly Freo, yeah. and they were playing this chipping, chip, chip, chippity, chippity game. Yeah. Well, it's all numbers. It's not when it. I didn't think, and my team beat your team on on Sunday afternoon, and yeah. I didn't think it was a very good game at all to watch. I thought it was a very ordinary game of football it played by a, two very ordinary teams. It was horrendous. It really was. Um, I was excited because my team was winning, but in terms of, is it a game that I would remember anything from? No, nah. no. Nah, we were just sitting there going, oh, "Okay, here come the floodgates." And, you know, the floodgates, but we kind of held in there better than I thought we would. Whereas the Gold Coast and um, who were the Collingwood, you know, I thought, oh, Collingwood, here come the floodgates. But Gold Coast came back a couple of times. It was sort of like Collingwood were good for five or six minutes, then 
Gold Coast were good for five minutes. Finey, would I be right in saying on what Brian's just said then, one of the things that the modern game is very good at is sides actually can come back and put a little roll on for four or five minutes and get themselves back into the game because they are actually well coached. No, I reckon that's not what doesn't happen often now. But anyway, sorry, Finey. But momentum is king. You do have to to score when you seem to have the game rolling your way. Now, the one thing about good teams is they can stop momentum. There's going to be a point in these games because of the way the high-running nature of these games and the fact that you can't have your champs on the whole time and uh, just that you will not, even the top teams will not be able to maintain the rage the entire game. Yeah, you now, run out of petrol, don't you? Yeah, so yep. what do you do when that happens? If you've got a, if you've got players that can just slow it down or, or break even, Melbourne are very good at that. Their, their second string is a uh, you know, underrated because like Sparrow and Spargo and Rivers and Jordan and whatever, they, they really are really humiliated in the contest, are they? Yep. Aren't they? So, so, you know, their second ruckman, Luke Jackson, is a beauty. So they've got, they got that covered. You do need to have backup because otherwise you can get taken in the game. But you know what? We're talking the wrong sport because normally we mention this. But this year we haven't. How on earth? How, how is it possible? How... On God's green earth is Melbourne Storm better than, than they've ever been. It is oh. crazy. It is off tap how good they are. How and how many players are not there anymore. And you've got to now familiarise with new superstars that are going to get taken as well, but that's okay. But they are, we'll they, well, they are free. Well, there's three blokes running around in that team on the weekend. The Bromwich brothers won't be there next year. Kafusi won't be there next year. They're already gone. They're already signed with the Dolphins. Munster... Munster's locked in till the end of 2023 and they won't let him go, but the Dolphins want him and they're, I think they're willing to give them several parts of Queensland to get him up there. Um, Pappenhausen's a superstar. <laughs> He's unbelievable. Jerome Hughes is one of the best pound-for-pound players I reckon I've ever seen. I love him. He's a, he's a champion, Jerome Hughes. Oh, I love him. Now, I think it's Jerome Hughes. It's either him or Brandon Smith, but I reckon it's Jerome Hughes. Has, an, has something on his resume that is extraordinary. What's that? So Melbourne Storm is his third club. You know that? Yes. He played his third game for Melbourne Storm. He played one game at two clubs. Now, when you play one game at a club, it is very rare to go on and be a star elsewhere. But to play one game at two clubs, for two clubs to give you a game and say, no, you're no good, and to become one of the best players in the game, well, that's just unprecedented. And that's a credit to Bellamy and their development. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and their selection. They they seem to select on character as much as ability. And, um, you know, they develop players, you know. like They're just, you know, he's undoubtedly the best coach in Australia. What about uh, the little yeah. bloke running around to, playing dummy half who, um, who, who spent a year at South Sydney on loan to South Sydney um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. While Cam Smith played out his contract, they let him. Yeah, they let him stay in South Sydney for a year, where he played a magnificent year there. And now he comes down. And he's he's probably the best in the game, running around at the moment in that position. Well, my my favourite is the is the is the human being without any soft tissue. The man made of oh the man the man, the man made of. I'm pretty sure he's made of um, three things. He's made of masonite. He's made of tungsten. Yeah. 
and he's made of anything I drop on my foot. His name is Olam? Olam. Yes. I mean, everything I drop on my foot seems to weigh a million tonnes. I can never, I, you know, in the kitchen I'm, when I'm preparing food, I can't drop a tomato on my foot. I've got to drop a fucking pumpkin on it. Anyhow. <laughs> but, but he is... Yeah, you know, if you saw him, if you saw him running at you oh, down the footpath, you would jump onto the road and get hit by a car. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just hope it's a Korean car. Please be a Hyundai because I don't want to get hit by all of them. <laughs> what about the try scored on the weekend when the bloke was literally hanging onto him? Was just about and he just he flicked him off like and then pushed another bloke off and then I think ran through another two and went over the try line. It was the most unbelievable, improbable he, try he you'll got, ever he, see. That try, I thought, if he went under the post and hit the post, he would have killed the guy that was hanging on. <laughs> uh, you're right, they are. They're an extraordinary team. Amazing. An extraordinary yeah. team. And, and uh, quite rightly, as you point out, Brian, brilliantly coached. And I uh, I avoided the result all day yesterday and then I taped it. So I watched it back last night. And I knew they'd won. Um, and I knew they'd won handsomely. I wasn't sure by how many, but... Uh, Only 48. Yeah, a lazy, yeah, lazy fifty-two or whatever it was, fifty points to two. Um, my God, they were just—they were. It's so entertaining to watch them. Yeah. How about the second half against New Zealand? Oh, I didn't even watch it. I, I, I was keeping an eye on the score, but my God, oh, seventy. And Munster is Munster's a magician. I've I've never seen anyone who who has the ability to run with the ball and make other people stop. And not yeah. know where he's go- his ability to make people actually stop and go. Is he going left or right? And then they, they and that second that they, they- and, and he, yeah, he does stuff where it's just like, oh shit, I didn't expect him to do that. And then the gap will open, and you'll go, how did how did he get into that gap? He's got great vision. Oh, he's got something. <laughs> but they did a lot of really classy plays with the the game I saw against Newcastle that I thought. Yeah, Essendon would fuck this up completely. <laughs> um, but, you know, these guys got the skills. They've been well-trained trained and drilled, and um, they were just, you know, awesome. Is it Saturday, not this Saturday, the following Saturday they play Penrith? I think, yeah, I think it's yeah. coming up, yeah. yeah the, it's the big Super It's the Super Saturday games that they, they play all the games at um, Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. The whole rank, yeah. the whole rank gets played up there, and they're playing Penrith on the. I think it's the Saturday night game. That will be something to behold. I reckon we'll win. Yeah, I reckon they'll win too. But that'll be something to behold. But you're right. And and then to hear people like Phil Gould talk around them, talk, you know, pull their tails, and there are some New South Wales commentators who respect them and love what they've done, but most of them cannot hide their. Cannot hide their, their their seething jealousy and their insecurities and mistrust of a club that is more transparent than any club's ever been and got punished for what other clubs did anyhow. Yeah, but, correct. But the seething jealousy is, you know what? It's absolutely it's like liquid gold to our ears. Yeah. Because, <laughs> hey, can I ask you both? Because you uh, only that hatred, only that hatred really sums up how happy I am. I think New South Wales doesn't have the storm. Yeah, Is Michael Voss the most biased anti-storm uh, rugby league commentator? I hear the other bloke, uh, Smith, uh, calling him, and I hear, uh, uh, what's his name, Dan, um, Dan, 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 I can't think of his, Ganane, I think it Dan is. Andrews? Yeah, 
um, calling them, and they're fine. But uh, Voss seems to be – I keep calling Michael Voss. Um, uh, he seems to be wanting them to lose. He seems to – every time they do something that he can pick on, he picks on it. Just, oh, mate, in a, in a final, he tries to be professional, and as soon as something goes against Storm, as it has the last couple of years, he perks, he perks up like a kid that has just been told, we're going to the lolly store, here's 50 bucks, <laughs> you go in and buy what you want, I'm going to sit outside and have a pack of durries. I mean, he, 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 he brightens up. You can just, you, you, you know, you can almost hear the saliva hitting the microphone. Yeah. Prick. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks that. I'm, I'm pleased. And just, on com- just on commentators, am yes. I right in saying that we have a living, breathing, all-time marvel in this country that people just take for granted? Who are you talking about? Has any is there any person who knows enough about rugby league, Australian rules, and Bretton Speed to talk about it? Let alone that Bretton Speed and, and soccer. I mean, I'm talking about Bretton Speed. Yep. He calls those games, and he's totally expert in all of them. But not just in the commentary, but in the background of all the players. Unless I don't know rugby league. Unless when you know, say if Faitu gets the ball and he talks about his junior career for the you know, brothers in. Brisbane and then going back home for a year, unless he made all that up completely, only because he knows <laughs> I'm listening and wouldn't know the difference, but he is. I've never heard anybody with that depth over over sports that simply cannot both be covered properly because they're wrong at the same time in different states with different backgrounds and he is a, he is an, a world-class marvel. Yeah, I agree. I like Speedy. Always have. Calls soccer really well, really, really well. I like him as a soccer caller. But how can you know that much? And I pride myself on knowing a lot about sport. Yeah. But I couldn't call. I could not call a game of rugby league for I, the lack of back, background knowledge. It yeah. would be. It would. It would be embarrassing. It'd be Brian Taylor like. I mean, oh, I could not do it. Oh, it couldn't be that bad. Sure, to finally give you don't don't put yourself down to that level. It couldn't be that bad. All right, now let's uh, now you diverted us back to uh, to AFL. So let's go to the tips this week's games. Are you ready, Brian? No, I am indeed. Kevin. Okay, you'll lead us off. It's Port Adelaide versus the Western Bulldogs Friday night at Adelaide Oval. So it's over there. Port Adelaide, Kevin. What about them, Brian? They're going to win. Oh, okay. Sorry, you're picking them. Finey, uh, you know I'm going for the Western Bulldogs. Who are you like? Well, I'm going to rename all teams with new nicknames. Every side this round gets a new nickname from me. Right. Okay. I'll go for the Serial Killers. The Serial Killers. Who would that be if they were to... Oh, well, Adelaide, Adelaide famous worldwide having more Serial Killers per capita than anywhere else on the planet. So yeah. Port okay, so the boys from Snowtown, Port Adelaide, okay. Yeah, don't forget the Beaumont children, and they had to, when the first time I went there, they had to drain the lake so they could look for bodies. And Truro? I gave him heaps of shit about, <laughs> um, you know, in Melbourne we've got a river, you've just got a pile of mud, oh. <laughs> and that went down well. And then when, I, when that bloke broke into the zoo and had sex with their animals, well, did I give him shit about that? At least the animals in Melbourne still were virgins. Oh, back in the 80s, some bloke got on acid and his mate, and they had sex with all the animals, having sex with parakeets and stuff. But Is that illegal in South Australia? 
Apparently it is, <laughs> but there was there was a sexual assault on many of the animals. Oh in Adelaide God, Zoo. no, Jesus! Well, I didn't do it, kid. Don't I, no, I wasn't that. suggesting that you did, but that's a fairly. The next un- day, you got these monkeys holding their ass. Oh, stop! Yeah, There's poo all over the line. Ah, yeah, okay. Baboons with giant smiles on their faces. <laughs> you know those feathers that the ostriches have. Uh, you know when you lie down in long grass and you flatten it. Well, all the ostriches were walking around and the back of their feathers all flat. You know too much about this, Mannix. Well, a couple of mates of mine. Fremantle versus North Melbourne, uh, being played at Optus Stadium in Perth on Friday night. Mr Mannix. Well, you know, can Airport West beat Melbourne? That's probably a better question. Um, No, I'll be going for... um, the mighty Dockers, who yes. I think can win the whole thing this year. I, and uh, I kind of, at the moment, I expect them to be in the grand final. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to like about them, including their coach, who I think is a very good media performer as well. Finally, Frio for you? Well, I'll go to the criminal billionaires. The criminals, right. Okay. The criminal billionaires. You know, the, the, Who's the criminals? The, the criminal billionaires. Who are the criminal yeah, billionaires? Yeah. All the Frio yeah. people. All the, you know, Bondi and uh, Laurie. Oh. Well, who was the guy that killed the Laurie? What was his name, Laurie? Somebody? That bastard that killed that rocket Laurie racer. Lawrenson? No. No, no. Laurie Connell was his name, wasn't it? You know, yeah, uh, he's, yeah. He was a turd anyway. That's the one. All right. Richmond and Collingwood, MCG. Pardon me. Saturday night. Uh, oh, Saturday afternoon. Sorry. Saturday afternoon. Richmond, Collingwood, MCG. Brian? Tigers are back. Okay, um, I'm going to go for Collingwood in that game. I don't. I'm not sure. The Isn't Brody Grundy still out? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's useless without him. I don't think he was playing that well. I'll be perfectly honest. I watched. I watched a couple because my son barracks for bloody Collingwood, so I watched a, a, a little bit of them, and I actually thought he was struggling until that game where he actually got hurt. I didn't think he was looking terribly good until then. Who do you like, Fanny? No. Oh, I'll go for the Brog Squad. You know. Do you remember them? Who? Remember the Grog Squad? Rick, Rick, Rick Grog. We said there were groups of supporters at the punt row then, at the ground. Yeah. They used to sort of watch the game from the, not from the terraces, but down from the bows, and just drink there, and they had their Grog Squad bags on. And when Richmond got a goal, they'd come running up the, you know, up into the daylight for a second. <laughs> yes. Yes. Then go back down and drink beer all last it was a, It was a funny place to go and watch football, Punt Road, back in the uh, in the heydays, back in the 80s. Oh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go for the Grog over Collingwood. All right. What would you have called Collingwood if you'd have had to have picked them? Well, there's plenty you can, there's plenty of uh, epithets you can go with, but uh, it would have been something like, you know, I once gave Trevor Marlowe a great joke for. What show? Uh, what do you show? Yeah. And it was the opening show of the year. You know what I'm saying? He used it. He got a huge laugh. He loved it. He thanked me many times over for it. Because I told him, Gilbo, I said, let's give it to Trevor. You know what that joke was? No. A drunk, a car thief, and an illiterate walked into a bar, walks into a bar. And that's just a, no, sorry, it was a drunk, a car thief, and a Collingwood supporter walk into a bar, and that's just the first one. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Swans. Swan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where are we? SCG Swans play Gold Coast Suns Saturday afternoon as well. Sure. A lot of games on Saturday. Um, 
Who do you like here? Uh, they're in Sydney. In Sydney, you'd have to go for Sydney when you're Brian because the umpires are going to. Yeah, look as much as I, I love my Gold Coast team. Um, they they weren't they're not good enough yet. Um, Sydney will win. Yep, I think the Swans will bounce back. Finey, I'll go for Royal Crown. The Royal who? Royal Crown. Royal Crown. Is that, is that a type of swan? No, type of drink. What sort of drink? Remember, uh, do you remember RC? RC Cola? RC Cola, yeah. Yeah, well, they got cola in their asses, so that's why I called the Swan right. World Cup. Okay. Elle McPherson made her debut in an RC Cola ad, I believe. Yes, she did. Yeah. yeah. I wish she made her debut in another sort of RC video. <laughs> <didn't you? laughs> uh, Saturday. Uh, I've, I've got even, there, there is a really great line. No, you're not touching it. Leave it alone. I'm not touching it. Good. But, um, see, I'm getting more mature, uh, Kevin. You are. You're growing up. Good on you, Brian. The Gold Coast bringing out the best in you, Brian. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. Uh, Saturday afternoon, 4.35, uh, the Giants are playing at Monica Oval in Canberra again. This time they're playing the Cats. So it's the Giants and the Cats at Monica Oval Saturday afternoon. Brian? I think the Giants, they love Monica Oval. They're used to it. The Cats, what are we at? Right, round eight? Yep. Yeah, tired legs. Um Look, I'm probably wrong, but I like to take a couple of roughies every week, and this is my roughie for the week. I'm going for GWS over the Cats. Well, I don't think that's a roughie. I'm going for them as well. I, I, oh. I think they'll beat. Uh, I think they'll beat Geelong. Good. I don't think Geelong will travel that well up there. Finey? Do you know how much I dislike Collingwood? I'll tell you how much I dislike Collingwood. <laughs> After Freo beat Geelong, I watched the replay. I turned the TV on the side and watched the replay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't like the long order. You don't I'm like gonna go the I'm, I'm going to go for the Giants. And not by one point either, by four. <laughs> Fair enough. All yep. right. Here we go, Brian. Here's your big test. Essendon playing oh, Hawthorne. I could have done their nickname, by the way, the Giants. Oh, what's their nickname? The... The... Uh, what is, the, the, the People who sing songs, the Troubadours. Oh, yeah. I love their club song. Their club song's a good song. I don't mind their song. I, yeah. I didn't like it at the start, but I actually like it now. No, I like it a lot. That's all right. Yeah. I don't think it really matters what a club's team song is because the footballers who sing it, they all turn it into the same thing. Said so like, we are the neighbors. We are the neighbors. You know, we're for Tigerland. It just sounds like a punk rock thing. It's like it doesn't yeah. matter what the melody is, but they just all those football players. They I'd be bringing a choir master to address them or ask Channel Seven and Foxtel not to film the boys singing or put some auto tune on. And um, auto tune the club theme song. Oh, well, I love you it. know, Why we're not? a tiger lad. It's only like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, um, see the barber fly up, 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 up. I'm <coughs> oh, hurting myself. Yes, you've done yourself an injury there. Be careful. Oh, my God. All right, well, you won't need to say much here because it's either Essendon or Hawthorne, Marvel Stadium, uh, Saturday night. I think Hawthorne are playing the most. 
the bit of the bits I've seen of them play, I reckon they're great to watch, and I think they will shit on Essendon. Afani, your thoughts on uh, which of these two teams might win? Are the traditional rivals from the eighties, Essendon and Hawthorne? You know what? I keep tipping Essendon, and they keep losing. Mm. Which suits me just fine. So I'll tip Essendon. <laughs> oh, will you? I reckon you'll bounce back, Brian. I think you were insipid on the weekend. I think you'll be better, but I'm not tipping Essendon. I'm tipping Hawthorne. Yeah, the Brisbane Lions. I think, mm, sorry, we may as well start playing the kids. Um, I thought you were. But you are oh, playing. Well, kids. we are. We are. But there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's yeah. Hob, some deep rooted Hob, problem Hob, down there. I'm pretty sure Hobbs is a kid, given that his nanny at half time has to give him his bottle. <laughs> well, as 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 Nick Martin, right? He kicked five goals on debut. He gets COVID, so he can't play the next game. When we play him again, where do we put him? In the back line. What the what the <laughs> hell is that about? You know, this guy's an idiot. And you know, you're getting seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you got six coaches beneath you. Seriously, I could coach the team better. Yeah, would you've said that? And that, that's probably ignorance saying that, but I, I just think they're terrible. And you know, it's just you don't you got five goals out of the guy. Tippin' Woody's not there. And, oh, let's put him in the back line. Back line's a mess, you know. You don't put a, a debut guy in your second game down in the back line. Haven't you had... back line's leaking goals I was gonna left, say, right and centre. Haven't you had nearly 100 points kicked on you? You've had 100 points kicked on you at least two or three times and 90-something the other games for the year. You've, you've uh, hi, I, thought, I, I, don't, I don't look at stats, but I'm from what I hear, you're the highest... Against scoring yeah, against side of the comp. We are uh, the easy beats, where, as they were calling us the other week, and um, the back line is a big problem. So sticking Nick Martin down there, I don't see you just deprived, you know. And where's, where was the Bulldogs going to beat us? Well, they've got a great midfield. Mm. So why would you drop Dylan Shield? from the team. He had 26 possessions in the Anzac Day game. Yeah, don't get, don't get carried away with possessions. Yeah, well, you know, I know his disposal is terrible, but the Shouldn't guy be. he's can a get, good kick. The you guy can a, get the no, he's a shit kick, but the guy can get the ball. He's a ball gatherer, and and to drop him when we're playing against one of the best midfield, it's just really decisions that even the layman can see. This is a bad decision. All you right. Know, um, so Rutten can go and get Okay, stuffed. well, you've tipped Hawthorne, so we move on. Brisbane Lions, I West want Coast. Des Tudnam back. Brisbane Lions versus the West Coast Eagles. The Gabba, Saturday night. Uh, the Lions are looking very good, and the Eagles are looking as bad as any team I've ever seen. Are we Lions all round, boys? This would be the upset of the round, wouldn't it? Be the upset of the century. Is Nick Nat Nui back for the West Coast? I don't know. No, if, just... if, if West Coast win, I will legally change my name to Very Tiny Small Cock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. The f- That's good enough for me. I'll okay. go for the, um, the Brisbane Lions. Lions, I, yes. I hate Joe Danaher now. One ten Sunday afternoon, Melbourne Place and Kilda at the MCG. I'll just say this straight up. I'm not tipping against Melbourne all year until they play the Bulldogs. Uh, and even then, it'll be a massive question, Mark. Uh, Finey, Melbourne or St Kilda? I know it's hard. Oh, you don't reckon that game in Cairns is draining? Uh, you know, the team collectively lost 190 kilos. I mean, they, you know, they, 
No, no, they won't recover. They won't recover till 2041. No right. good. <laughs> okay, Melbourne for you and for you, Mr. Maddox. I'd really like to pick um, the Saints, but um, yeah, common sense says you don't back against Melbourne this year. That would be common sense. Carlton, Adelaide Crows, Marvel Stadium, Sunday afternoon at 4.30, the Twilight game. Uh, finally, who do you like? How comes every week Carlton plays the worst team than the week before? <laughs> who, 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 are they, who are they playing? This is ridiculous. Who are they playing next week for Detroit? I mean, that, how, how do they... <laughs> well, well, I'll tip Carlton and I'm very sus about their fixture. Okay, so you're going for Carlton? Yep. Mr. Mennix? You're 100% right, uh, Fanny, in that um, Carlton got the easiest draw of everybody this year. I, th- I think they got the number one draw, but it's just, it's just, you know, the AFL manipulating shit. And that shit's it's another thing I hate about the game. Um, but who was it? Carlton versus whatever. Adelaide, Adelaide. Crows. We're at. Marvel Stadium. Oh, no, Carlton. God, I hate Carlton. Um, I'm going to tip an upset there because um, I've clawed my way back into equal with Finey. I'm, I'm going to going to have a, a lash here. I'm going to go for the Crows. Good they, on you. They win the games they don't. They're not supposed to win, and they lose the games they're supposed to win. Adelaide. So I will. Um, I'll go out on a limb and pick them. Yeah, well, you, you, I mean, you should go against me. I could get zero this one. Then again, if I do, I'll be. <laughs> You'd be talking to Mr. ZT Smallcock next time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. yes, I certainly will. All right, let's move on to the chart, boys. Oh, by the way, by the way, if Brisbane and West Coast have a draw, I've got to change my name to average medium cock. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. We didn't we didn't factor in a draw thing because we can't have a golden point. Um uh, yeah, well actually we change your name to one point away from being called Average, very almost, small cost. Almost VT small cost. Yeah, exactly. Top yeah. 10, uh, July 19, 1987. What a wonderful year that was. What a wonderful top 10 this is. <sighs> uh, number 10, Take Me Back by Noiseworks. Number 9, Sweet 16 by Billy Idol. Number 8, Ship of Fools by Will Party. Number 7, Crazy Ice House. Number 6, Slice of Heaven, Dave Dobbin. Number five, Nothing's Going to Stop Us Now by Starship. Number four, Right on Track by The Breakfast Club. Three, He's Going to Step on You Again, The Party Boys. Two, Respectable Mel and Kim. And the number one song was I Want to Dance with Somebody Who Loves Me by Whitney Houston. Piss off, Whitney. <laughs> well. Oh, she has. Oh, that, oh, oh, that's unkind. That's, that's, yes, it is. Sorry that's horrible. Houston fan. That shit. No, no, that was, that's a shit comment. This show is a big Whitney Houston fan. I think I'm safe in safe territory here. Probably. Probably. All right, finally, get, get us underway. Give us your number three, bad and good. All right, now, I mean, my bads are, are there's a reason they're bad. Look, number three bad is Madonna, who. I really don't like McDonald's music. I guess her best she was effective. And then she started getting, obviously, you know, so far up her own clacker that she thought she could release anything like Isla Bonita. Yes. Uh, It is is across between a commercial for the Spanish Tourist Bureau and the music you would hear in a Mexican elevator just before it crashes. (laughs) (laughs) Not for mine at all. No, I agree. My number three, good, has everything going for it. Catchy song, great title, 
interesting film clip and great band. Painters and Dockers Mood School. Ah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, good call. Very good call. Madonna, Madonna, Madonna went to mood school and apparently was underdressed. <laughs> yes. All right, number three, good man. Brian, what do you got? Um, okay, there's a lot of good ones here I like. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I struggled. Oh, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, and the, the bad ones aren't horrendously old. I've got my two top two. I'm struggling with my third one. Um so I'll start with my good one. Yep. My good one at number three is you too. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Okay. I think that I know something about that lyric connects with me. Maybe because I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But uh, <laughs> oh, very good, bro. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, now, breakout. My swing out sister. What number three? What? Bad. Yep. That's really? Bad. How's it go? Yeah. Um, Break out! It's just some dance bullshit, isn't it? No, it's actually got some uh, got some horns and uh, some sax bits in it. It's a, it's not a bad little song. I I, I listened to it today. I've forgotten about it. I had it in my pile. Listen to these ones. Um, right. uh, yeah, I, I I moved it from a pile of listening to my pile of quite like. Um, okay. Yeah, no, not well, a not a bad song. Only my three disliked one, so it's not, you know, it's yeah, not okay. condemned forever. Oh, so enough. I'm done. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. What do you got, Keith? My number three bad is an Australian uh, actor. This is a woman who is, uh, and I hope I'm not gazumping anybody here, but uh, uh, I don't think she ever had a, another hit song. I think this was it. This was It's a dance song. I can see it working on the dance floor because it's a great song. It's a really interesting, not interesting version. It's a really kind of formulated it's it's a stock Aitman Aitken Waterman uh, production. They took it to uh, the UK. They signed it to Mushroom Records. Took it to England, where those three uh, buffets um, got this great song that was originally, I think, done by the Temptations, um, and uh, did a dance version of it. This is a woman who used to be a, a bouncer at Inflation, um, and your mate Brian, your mate from Mushroom. Gary fucking Ashley. That's him. <laughs> rest, in, rest in peace. He uh, he got a, to the UK when and put him with those three and they did a version of Get Ready, which I reckon's a really, really good song. Um, and uh, her name is ha- Carol Hitchcock. So Carol's number three on my uh, on my list. With- is it good or bad? It's good. No, it's bad. Yeah, good. It's just a dance version of, you know, Get Ready, which is a really good song, a really good one of those sort of Motown show stop, uh, show opening songs. Um, and uh, just a, one, of, uh, one of those pissy uh, English dance versions of it. Just sounds awful. Yeah. And my number three good, oh, you're going to hate this, Mannix. What's that? Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. It does make people happy. <laughs> It's the one song of theirs I actually really like. I heard it at Savo actually. It's um yeah, look, it's 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 a good, you know, hair pop song. Yeah, they good. then did twenty five different, you know, uh, watered down versions of that, but that was uh that was the one of the first big hits they had and, and it wasn't the worst thing they've done and I, and I actually I still quite like hearing it on the radio. Um, so that that gets a, a Guernsey for me, number three in the goods. Just no. just ahead of a few other songs that I'm, I'm a bit shirty I've left out. Right, O'Finey, number two. Number two, number two, good. Well, I mean, I, I'm giving it to them 
because I like the vendors of the band because I, I, I knew a couple or know a couple, but I know it's not their song. Um, but I, I, yeah, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I've got to see where it is. What number? Um, she's gonna step on you. Number then, three. Number three. Yeah, yeah. So party boys, and and you know. For anybody who's been down the village, Bill, you've got to put that in. Yep. So, I know it's not there, but going against type a bit there, bit, bit, bit by. Who, uh, who in the party boys did you, did you know? Um, who? Um, well, what's the name's husband? Yeah, the actress's husband was the drummer. Um, good mate to Gilbo. Um, oh, that chick, yeah, the, I remember. Yeah, no, I've got who's no the, She's a good looking. Of ads now. A good looking actress. Well, that narrows it down a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> what, what is that? What's the, oh, is it Margot Robbie or uh, no, no. Sigrid Thornton? Who, who, who's the drummer of the Party Boys? Abigail. Um, no, no, no. Uh, Paul Christie played bass. I can't remember the the drummer was. I, I thought the drummer was the Blake from. I think in that particular version, Paul Christie was playing drums. They had two drummers because Alan Lancaster from Status Quo. Was playing bass and Swanee sang on that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good vocal. And the Chantuzies had a version of it, which out is at, at number exactly the same time, which is at number thirty-six in this chart. And that's what I posed today on social media. Which of those two versions would I pick to be in my top three? Because it was going to be in my top three because I love the song. I'm friends with both of them. I'm not going to make any. Yeah, comments. there you go. You got to be Swanee or Eve. Now you got to pick. Oh, I tell you, I'd rather. You know, cuddle up to wouldn't Swanee. be Swanee. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be Swanee. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Swanee. Um, all right, so Party Boys is number two for you, Finally, What's your number two bad? Oh, number two bad. I mean, there's so many songs that I hate on this top 40 because they were overplayed and they just annoyed me to – actually, I'm going to change my number two. I didn't see this one. Can I change my number two good? Yeah, of course you can. Oh, good? Yeah. Well, you don't want the Party Boys? No, I don't want them anymore. Oh, okay. Um, Cam. What, his name's Cam. Cam. What's Cam? He's first name is Cam. Cam and Cam, they call it. I'm sure that's a party boy. Um, and he's married to that actress. Okay. It's a very good-looking couple. Um, oh, well, how do you explain that to us? It'll come to me in a minute. They're, they're, they're off. I'm putting the rest Cameron of the Cameron Daddo. Cameron Daddo, perhaps. Yes, well, he was never yes. in the party boys. <laughs> no, no, not Cameron Daddo. Um, um, I'm putting Reed Petit by Jackie Wilson. Oh, good song. Yeah, I like, yeah, obviously from the 60s, but then had another run. Uh, and I think it's got that line, she's so fine, I, 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 I. So, you know, fine. You can't go wrong. Yep. Number, number two, bad. There are so many things that were overplayed, overplayed, overplayed. But I'm going to go, uh, I don't know what my number one is. That's not a problem at all. I'm going to go for, yeah, people aren't going to like this, but I don't need, I don't, basically, I don't need New Zealand invading our charts. I don't need some cartoon dog, and I don't need some sopping punk being played every third song. So Slice of Heaven. Yeah. Slice of Heaven by Dave Dobbin? It's yeah, annoying. Is that good or annoying? That's annoying. The, it's yeah, totally, yeah. totally annoying. 
Yeah, give me a slice of pizza, not slice of head. Yep, that's uh, from Foot Rot Flats, the film uh, for Dave yeah. Dobbin. There you go. All yep. right, Brian, number two, bad, and number two, good, please. Number two, bad, is number uh, 35. Number 35. I feel Nothing like is going to stop me now, Samantha Fox. Well, Samantha, I think this is about your last charting single, so something did stop you. <laughs> And I believe that these days she's not even interested in men and um, just goes to show that big tits will only get you so far. Well, I don't know if you watched the clip or not. No, I didn't. Well, she's quite amazing. She uh, she flew planes in the clip. She drove fast cars. She uh, she was on a boat. Uh, then she swam in a swimsuit and uh, and actually – And at the very end of the clip, she got her lick a lot. <laughs> She did. She got her and, and she swam under water with her with her flotation device and uh, and sang the song at the same time. It was quite well, remarkable. I was watching a bit of Samantha the other day because I, I need a um, an eighties girl song for the countdown show. All right, and, and um, I, you know, I thought, oh, Samantha, let's see what we got here, and she's singing, I don't know, I want your body or whatever, and she's dragged the clip. She dragged some. No hope of bloke out of the thing, and she's practically rooting him on stage. And I'm thinking, well, the gag here is that she's just so horny, she'd just be rubbing herself up on everything. Right. Um, oh. And then I thought, no, this is my daughter playing this, so I don't know what I'm oh. going to do. So, anyway, that's that's my problem. Yeah. I'll work it out. Yeah, no, forget that. So, that was my number one bad. And my uh, number two good, my mm-hmm. number two bad, and my number two good is, um, she was, um, I was going to say nude school, so... Yeah, go with nude school. That's fine. Yeah, okay. I'll go with nude school because I, I like it. It's cheeky. Yeah, it's a good song. Good yeah. song. All right. My number two bad. Uh, now, this was this girl's from New Zealand. I didn't realise she was from New Zealand. But she'd done a little song here, which... Uh, let me read you some of, the, uh, some of the lyrics of this one. Wearing the fame like a loaded gun, tied up with a rosary. Oh, I'm glad I'm not a Kennedy. Glad I'm not a Kennedy. Oh, it's not peace, basically, a matter of human rights. The right to live out our lives without fear of devastation. The right to breathe there as nature provided it. The right of future generations to a healthy existence. Let us, if you can, step back from the shadows of war and seek out the way of peace. I'm glad I'm not a Kennedy. Lyrics written by Nancy Pelosi. I've got well. I think she wrote it. Shona Lang. Um, well, Shona Lang can f- off. <laughs> Shona Lang. It's glad I'm not a Kennedy. Is uh, is my number two bad? I just thought, yeah, okay. Uh, don't know how that one slipped through. I don't remember it at all, to be honest. It's look. I think the melody's not that bad. It's not a bad. Too, yeah, it's just too heavy handed. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah, the lyrics um, were like... Especially, yes. like, you know, the glad I'm not a Kennedy, I can just about accept that, but then when you put, give me all that other shit that's in there, that's yeah. just, you know. Here's some bitch depressed in her bedroom writing a song about how to <laughs> fix the world and she can't even make her f***ing bed. Get f- <laughs> Sorry about the language. <laughs> but you meant that in a positive and reinforcing Constructive way. Constructive way, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Now, <laughs> number two good uh, is he's going to step on you again. By the party, right. by the party boys. Okay, not not the, not anything wrong with the Shantuzzi's version, but the party boys version with Swanee. Sorry, just what you're saying is you'd rather cuddle up with Swanee, Swanee and and um, Paul Christie rather than 
either Ali or Totty. No, I I'm a totally realist. Understand. No, I totally understand. A Kevin each to their own. I'm a realist, Brian. I'm more likely to be able to cuddle up with Paul Christie and Swanee than I ever will be with Totty or uh, or Eve. I'd feel a lot safer cuddling up to even Ali or Toddy than uh, Paul Christie, I tell you what. Creepers, <laughs> creepers. I don't know what he's like these days, but I think in his day he had a really good crack at it. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. Number one, uh, uh, to join your uh, Madonna and uh, and Dave Dobbin in the uh, in the bad side, finally, and in the good side we've got uh, the Painters and Dockers and Jackie Wilson. So what do you got for us? All right, number one bad. These overrated thumb sniffers. I I, <laughs> I help my counsel when you put living on a prayer in your best friend. Yeah, I had a feeling this was coming. No, but that's all right because I, I can I can top that that you know streeting love songs. You know, living on a prayer. Yeah, how about living on? How about living on a miracle? You know these these hack brothers. These hack. Yeah, but they've got another song in the top 40. Yeah, they have. The top 50. It wouldn't be in my top five million songs of all time. It, I mean, while it's dead or alive, is, it's so dramatic, John. <laughs> How do you sing it without breaking down in tears, John? <laughs> you fucking overacting, under-singing. <laughs> so, my number one bet. I wanted dead or alive by Bon Jovi. Yes, I had a feeling. I wanted dead or alive. <laughs> like every every word in that song is so obvious that it follows the next word. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, these blokes, their imagination doesn't stretch past grade four literature, cartoon, comic book, morons. Anyhow, I don't like Bon Jovi either, Peter. Yeah, so, really. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Rowan used to say about that song, the lyric that used to drive him mad the most was, a loaded six-string on my back. A loaded six-string on, I'm a cowboy. I'm a steel horse, I ride. They put me in tan pants and asked me to do the rumba. It didn't work to that song. Anyway. Yeah. I'd rather be at Adelaide Zoo watching the baboons getting rogered by nutcrackers <laughs> on LSD than going to the Bob Zoda concert. Well, it would make a great video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Quickly, 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 quickly to the antelope enclosure. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting the pelicans now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never seen we're, a head job like this. Yeah, yeah. Is there a mechanic here? Somebody's blown a seal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! All right, what's your that rhino's horn? Yes. What's uh, what's your number one? Funny in the good. I really like this song. It just it it does not fit with any other song ever. It is the only, I believe, the only song to go to number one in the UK charts. A cappella. Ah. So very rare, very rare do we have a song a cappella in our charts. But it's a good song. Yeah, very true. Did you know the song? It's Caravan of Thingo. What's it called? Caravan, Caravan of Love. Yeah. By the House Martin. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready? You know, and you've got to be able to sing to do the rest of it. Oh, but, and, and to watch them do it live, uh, yes. the voices are beautiful. <laughs> and it, yes. can I say, 
It's one of the most unpredictable a cappella songs I reckon I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, correct. It doesn't have the, all the syncopated, boom, 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 you know. Yes. It, it, it actually, it's actually a song. It's actually a nice song. It doesn't have, you know how most a cappella groups have that underlying, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not a cappella. It's got some guy impersonating half the instruments and, you know, you know, playing background, making background noises like Michael Winslow. Yeah. This song, this song is actually sung. Yeah. That's a, it's no, a I really like it. Brilliant song, and the, I think there's three or four it's of them singing on it. And geez, they're good. They're very good. What can I yeah. now? Now I didn't know a lot about them. I watched the clip today and thought, bloody hell, they're very good. Um, why? Why are they? Are they did something happen to them, or did, did they not catch on or something? Because uh, I I don't know of them as a massively huge and successful well, we, group. We talked about we talked about it before. Addiction problems in life. They're now uh, the homeless. They're now the homeless, Martin. <laughs> no, no. Oh, they got kicked out of the house. No, I don't know what happened. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I do. I do know this. In a world that gives Bon Jovi tens of millions of dollars for yelling into a microphone about some fictitious bloody western that they never, never, never were in, and if they were in, it would have looked like you know Gino Spaghetti Barb takes on the Wild West. So <laughs> it's just ridiculous. If there's hundreds of millions for them, then there's probably not much in the future. A talented group of young singers who just want to um, explore how far the, their human voice can go without instruments. You know, people won't have time for that. We're, we're too busy with Bon Jovi's next song about about some mechanical bull that they're rooting. <laughs> if ever there was a case for Donald Trump's wall, it's Bon Jovi. <laughs> uh, all right, what do you got, Brian? What's your number one? Well, can you tell me my number? Uh, my bad ones. Okay, your three, your bad ones. Relevant. So far, a breakout by Swing Out Sister, and uh, nothing's going to stop me now by Samantha Fox. And your goods and are now. It's going to be my third, my number one bad song. Yep. After nothing's going to stop me now, is nothing's going to stop us now oh. by Starship. This band should be in the Ukraine getting bombed, and I don't mean any disrespect to the Ukraine people, but this is just, this was a cool band, Jefferson Airship, Acid and thing, and they just became a pop sellout, and this is just horrendous. So they can piss right off. Jefferson Airplane was a great band. I love Jefferson Airplane. Well, they were Jefferson, is that the first one? Yeah. And then they became Jefferson Starship. Yeah, and then, and then Starship. Yeah, yeah, so Jess an airplane. That's yeah, they were cool. Yeah, yep. and then yeah, and um, my number one. This was so easy. Um, it's the number eight track, oh. "Ship of Fools" by World Party. Yes, it's a great song. I love it, um, and I still listen to it regularly. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. It was a piece of piss for me to pick my number one when I saw that was there. Yeah, it's a good song. Really, really, really good song. I love it. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll probably that's one of the songs that I'm I'm shirty that I didn't slip in because I'm going to put uh, the Hooter Gurus. What's my scene? Which is number forty one, I think, on this chart. But yeah, um, I figured you might do that. Yeah, so I left it out. Yeah, yeah. No, I love the Hooters and love that song. Um, just again, uh, just I always like I like just about everything I've ever done. Um, so that uh, that. Uh, works in there for me, uh, but Chip of Fools, I think it's a really good song. And I'm on the Cockroaches song either. She's the one that's in that. Just a they've good little got, pop song. Well, they've got two songs in this, and I like the co- 
cockroaches quite a bit. I got on well with Greg. And um, the um, the one I really like is, uh, where am I now? Where am I now? I know it. Uh, that's a really, uh, I said over and over again. Yeah, I don't know. That's she's the one, you. isn't it? No, no, um, it's not in this chart. It's oh, on okay. that album, but it's a really great song. That's my favourite Cockroaches song. Oh, okay. But, you know, Billy Idol, Sweet 16, it's not his best. It's it's okay. Crazy by Ice House, certainly not his best. Um, Let's Wait a While by Janet Jackson, I'm sure that's shit. Crowded <laughs> um, House are in there. That's not one, not one of their greatest songs, so something nah, so strong. they're not good when they go fast. They're better off being sad. Yeah, him to her, the pretender a, song's not a bad song. No, and just a little little one for anybody that went to any of these Melbourne-based nightclubs in the 80s. I have, I present to you Lasers, Stage 1, um, what was the one? So it was Lasers at Ringwood Stage 1. What was it? Um, lasers, yeah. What, what was the one at Springvale, was it? Um, there's one at Springvale, there was... Um, all the disco joints, you mean? Like the Mountain View yeah, Hotel yeah, and yeah, all those places. Yeah, 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 that's right. All of those, the Croxton Park, the, yep. any, anybody that ever went there. Kramer's at Preston. The Kramer's, absolutely. Um, then you've got to put in because eventually it gets to 12.15 and it's every man for himself and every bird that's taken up the two-for-one offer on Fluffy Guts is up for grabs. <laughs> boom, 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 let's go oh, back to my, my room. <laughs> which was basically every bloke on the, every bloke leaning on the dance, on the rail over the dance floor, especially if you went down to that one at Frankston that revolved. Um, so the girls would dance and all the blokes would be leaning over the rail looking at them, trying to pick them out like, a, uh, like a, an auction at a... Uh, Dispersal sale with a horse knacker. <laughs> yes, Jesus. Not not dignified, but that was no, the song that was all done to. Uh, it wasn't dignified, that's for sure. You would have played all those venues we just talked about, Brian. I made many friends in those venues and had some great memories of all of those venues and some things that I don't remember about those venues, which is probably a good thing. And uh, July nineteen, uh, uh, July nineteen, nineteen eighty seven would have been right in right in the middle of all that. No, just about, probably just about finishing up. Was it in Club Twenty? What was it? Twenty one, the twenty first century dance club or something to Frankston, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh dearie me, there's some. It used uh, to be the Pier Hotel when we first. Pier Hotel Frankston there. was huge. Yeah, no, it was good. We played there on a Wednesday night. The first time we played there, we had three people. <laughs> and the joint could hold 2,000. Yes. And our manager said, don't worry, boys. If they don't like you, you can beat them up because <laughs> we had more of us than them. But then we got 30 the next week and then we had 100 the next week and then, you know, we had 500 every Wednesday, so it was good. Uh, good. There you go. I, I, I know that this is a bygone era and doesn't sound right, but by crikey, will we ever again see clubs and pubs doing Layback on on not at the bar, but on the dance floor. They 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 take like six or seven seats out on the dance floor, and you just go out there and if you're lucky, you get picked for an entire song. They're pouring Sam Booker and yeah, and and bloody some other concoction down your throat, and 
four girls would go down there, go on the dance floor and come back completely pie-eyed. Yep, <laughs> yep. I don't think we'll ever see it again, but uh, yes, it was a uh, it was an unbelievable sight in its day. Yep, yep. Never to be no, seen again. Let me tell you, I do the math on this, but there are a lot more girls at these nightclubs than there were pairs of undies for girls. And I don't know how that works out, but those are the days. <laughs> I'll tell you what. A, a wonderful observation on your behalf, Mr. Fine. I, yes. do, I used to take a survey before they kicked me out. And here's Mr. Mannix, who uh, cannot verify that survey, actually. No, no, I was going to say that, you know, the um, the days of going and dancing and having all those drinks poured down your throat... That'll be compulsory once I take possession of my new apartment. <laughs> you come in, you want to dance? Yeah. Oh, that's you right. Have a bottle of tequila in your guts. Off you go. The Penthouse Club at uh, Cavill Avenue, of course, <laughs> opening mid-July. No, View Avenue. Yes, I can't yeah, believe it's, it's not better. And, and uh, the new play, the the, the opening night of the uh, the play there. I can't believe it's not compulsory. Um, will be. <laughs> We'll be part of very the good, ensemble. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, uh, that's it, boys. Uh, the, the, and I just want to say thanks for that very um, honest and open and frank uh, conversation that we had at the start of this uh, this podcast. It, it's not usual for us to have that kind of tone for this show, but um, uh, I'm glad you, you both uh, you both spoke your mind about that. And uh, I'm sure uh, it'll happen again at some stage. But uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk again in a week's time. These things Oh, we're both just talking yeah. at the same time. Yeah, can you not talk over each other? <laughs> Hate it when you mummy and fine. daddy fight. You go funny. As I said to my friend at the $2 shop, <laughs> I imagine you're taking a great deal of interest in the upcoming election, and he looked at his wife and he goes, I haven't got time for erection. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, by the way, never happened. That's just a joke I've made up. Yes. <laughs> wow, uh, beautiful. Go on, you're fine. Go on, you're Brian. Take care, boys. Yeah, so it's just, just going to say about the um, the talk of the homeless. Is, you know, I have extra, you know, akin to the homeless because I am freaking homeless at the moment. So... Yeah, that's probably why that was so so poignant. Thank you. Shit way to finish. Should have finished. Let me go first and finally finish with the Chinese man. Damn. Uh, uh, we'll edit you out. Edit, edit me out <laughs> and just finish with finally. That'll be uh, you. Good night, boys. Good night. <laughs> good night. Good night, John Boy. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.